Big Sloth. Swan. Swan. We got the vault, transformer room. Pepper's the vault. Sugar should be the vault. What? It's sweet, everybody wants it. Makes sense for the money to be the sugar. Yeah. Fine. Sugar's the vault. Cox, you're the ketchup. Mickey, sweet and low. I'm the salt. Dante, you're the pepper. Why do I gotta be the pepper? Because I'm running out of fucking condiments. Dante, shut the fuck up. Nobody steals from the swan. But that's because they're afraid of the Pope. Not because it's Fort Knox. Now, the way I see it, we've got three things going for us. One, we have the access codes. That's on me. Two, we have the inside man. That's you. Three, we have knowledge of a certain security guard that likes his donuts and coffee at precisely 325 every night. Every night? Every night. Hey, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. And we are bringing to a close our month of capers and heists and crimes. Uh, and this time we decided to go super on the nose with the title. Uh, and that movie is just called Heist. Andy, I got to admit at the top, I'm kind of nervous about this episode. And that's because oh, that? it's because this is our one last job and then we're out. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this God, is it. I didn't even think about that, that, oh, man. Yeah, this is this it. This is our last one. And yeah. if we don't pull this off, you know, my wife's not going to be able to get that surgery that she needs. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh. just trying to start a go-kart uh, track. That's what I want to do with the money. Yeah, I mean, that's been your dream as far as I can remember. Yeah. You always wanted to start teaching kids how to kart race. Yeah, that's what you do here out in California when you retire. It's, you know. Yeah, it's the only option. Yeah. But yeah, so Heist, uh, the the definitely for sure on the nose choice for Heist films. Yeah, um, it's, it, is, it is absolutely a Heist movie. There is no debating. And this might be the heistiest Heist movie that we're, we're doing this month in some ways. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There, I didn't expect there to be parallels with Catch That Kid <laughs> going into the month, but I think it's it's a horse race between the two, which are yeah, like so we have two movies where uh, <laughs> commentary on America's healthcare system. Which hey, the election's behind us, so I think we can agree this is a problem solved. Uh, yep. Nobody has to worry about healthcare anymore. We uh, did it, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, two movies where a, a beloved person in the life of the lead uh, heist, you know, criminal uh, needs a surgery. They can't afford it. Uh, in both movies, the person goes to their boss to ask uh, for the money. For a loan for the money, not the money, yeah. not a gift, a yeah. loan. For a loan for the money, and both bosses uh, say no, and then they decide- Callously say no. And they decide to rob that person, which still, I said it with Catch That Kid, and I'll say it again, seems like a flaw, like, obviously, you want to believe in the best in these people, but it seems like a flaw to ask your boss for money and then to steal money from them the next day. It seems pretty easy to trace back to you. I, I will say that 
you know, and this is proof, as we've said many times this month, uh, teenagers shouldn't be executing bank heists. Yeah. If we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan at all did steal more than just the 30,000 that was or the 300,000 that was needed. They stole three million dollars. I'll yeah, they stole more. One. The other thing I'll give them is much better exit strategy. Yeah, significantly better. No, no go karts in this one. Yeah, no because go- it was in Alabama, not Southern California. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the better exit strategy. Um, yeah, more more thought out plan. Although, with all that said, uh, Pope, the boss, immediately knew who stole the money, so it still wasn't that great. Right, and that just shows that Pope was better at his job than the bank manager was at his job. Yeah. No, way better. I mean, look, I think if we can agree on one thing at the top, it's that the people running this business were way more capable than anyone in Catch That Kid. <laughs> yes. Uh, top down, bottom up, everybody. Yeah. Everybody was better at their job in this movie. There wasn't a kid. bank vault that involved parkour to get to. <laughs> no, there, uh, there was a sound exit strategy. Yeah. There was some double-crossing chicanery that didn't happen in Catch That Kid. Yeah. No, for sure. There was uh, even the cop. You know, there were cops in Catch That Kid, but they were pretty bumbling. Uh, This cop knew what was up. Yeah, you know, because Gina Carano doesn't mess around. No. Nope. Or emote, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That is unfortunately true. And I... I love her so much. I do love her, and I... I want to like her performances on screen, but I do is... like I do like Haywire a lot. I will say that much. Yeah, um, but she, yeah, it's a uh... she's yeah. got she's got something, but exhibiting emotion is not the thing that she has. Yeah, I I almost feel like the, this is a tangent, but like I think she might benefit from. Maybe she needs to be in like a John Wick situation because that was the brilliance of the first John Wick is like, I I also love Keanu Reeves. Keanu, his acting is not always top notch. I think the the thing that the makers of uh, particularly the first John Wick, but but really all of them like realized is he doesn't talk much in that movie except for like one scene where he really explodes into a rage. Yeah. I think she could crush that. I think she could too. Yeah. So that would be my, if I was handling her career, uh, if I was, if I was being sent scripts, I would look for the one where she could just play someone who is pretty stoic outside of like some bursts of anger. Yeah. I mean, just do a a simple revenge plot a la John Wick and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then in the climax, you just have her give that big fiery monologue. But other than that, it's a it's very judicial use of speech mm-hmm. and dialogue up until that point. Yep, there you go. We did so it. So Gina Carano, we know you're listening. Uh, yeah, we're down to write a movie for you. Yeah. We already have the story beats laid out. So also, it sounds pretty easy. We don't have to write dialogue. So right. I mean, that's <laughs> like, we'll just leave it up to the fight choreographers. Yeah, and it'll be <laughs> perfect. Yeah, this is the easiest paycheck we ever got. We did it already. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, so let's talk about this movie heist. Uh, 
I have no idea if this got any sort of a theatrical release. I sure as heck don't remember it in 2015. No, I don't either. And I mean, maybe that's a place to start in that. So, you know, my own bias, I'll admit to this, you know, and this is sort of the the avenues that we're tracking in. If something didn't get a theatrical release, especially with this kind of cast, uh, you know, Robert De Niro is in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, Robert De Niro, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who gets consistent work as as a leading man as an actor on TV and film. Oh. Dave Bautista, uh, post Guardians, this movie came out. Yeah, and so you know, I, I expect the worst. I expect something went wrong Kate along Bosworth. the way. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. You you get that kind of cast and like the production values as well. Like this isn't you know we've certainly watched movies like the USS Indianapolis that had a lot of talented people involved. But you're like. I understand why this is a direct, but this movie looked good. It had a strong cast. I'm a little surprised, to be honest, that it didn't get a theatrical release or if it did, it was a very like it came and went in the theaters because I'll just say it at the top and maybe this is a, a, you know, a sign of things to come. But like I've seen a lot worse movies in theaters succeed (laughs) than this movie. Like (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. I've I've definitely seen. I think we've together seen movies that did better in theaters that were worse than this movie. Yeah, like this is a very. It's very paint by numbers. It's sort certainly resting on the shoulders of better movies that did these things before. But like, it's a well made movie that delivers on uh, what it promises in a very competent and like exciting way. I, it's a very watchable movie. Yeah, it. This is. This is the type of movie that I feel like would have been a like had it come out in like 1985 instead of 2015 would have just like been that like VHS success would have been on TNT, TBS or TNT every other day. And like, it's that type of movie. Yeah. Also, if it came out in like the 80s, it would have been before speed. So that would have helped, too, because it's certainly yeah, that would have helped a lot. Oh, was it? Yeah, debt that's true. To speed. But <laughs> the the. The second and third act of this movie are all is just speed. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's sort of with its speed without the, the the ticking clock, the ticking clock, which is an interesting choice. But it's yeah, it's literally they're on a bus. They're being chased and they're trying to escape. So, all right. All of this. Do we do we set the movie up enough? I feel like we did in that. Like, yeah. So the. The only, the, I think the only detail, the key detail we're missing is that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is the lead character whose daughter is suffering from the illness that needs the surgery that um, he goes to his boss, uh, the Pope, a.k.a. Silva, a.k.a. Robert De Niro, uh, who owns a casino. That's, the, I think, the only this is a casino robbery movie. Yeah, uh, that's, I think, the only thing we've left out. Can I since I didn't bring this up in case I kid, can I just take a moment to just say that, like, look. Uh, certainly it worked for Breaking Bad. I think, sadly, it is, you know, know, I joked about this, but sadly it's relevant in America, the idea that uh, having a medical illness, you know, can bankrupt people. Uh, And I think that's something that uh, is a good, you know, lane for movies to explore. I love, though, that all of these movies, because this movie does it and Ketsa Kid did it, and like, I feel like a lot of movies that do this kind of stuff do it. They always just pay in cash with a bag of cash. Like, like, 
what hospitals are just taking bags of cash as payment? All the ones I've been to. I, that's, I mean, every time that I've needed to make a hospital say, thankfully not too many times, but I've just dropped literally a canvas bag with a dollar sign on it on, on the desk of the nurse's station and just assume that took care of everything. And it's also, it cracks me up too, because it's always like, they have to have this money or like the hospitals is just booting them out into the street, you know? Right. <laughs> like, like the whole Hippocratic Oath first do no harm is like, <laughs> as long as you can pay the money, <laughs> this very convenient dollar amount. Yeah. That's always in an exact amount. Uh, and you have to pay it in cash. No, it's, it's so By funny. By a certain dude. deadline, you're like, nope. Yeah, it's not. You're out of here, pal. Look, like I, I actually have, you know, dealt with uh, some medical debts, like medical debt stuff in my life. They usually just send you a bunch of letters and like, and eventually phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like the the ink goes from black to red on them, and they yell at you. Yeah, and no, I, I had I had hospital bills going to collection before. Like it's it's a thing that's happened. But it's usually a pretty prolonged process. But I'd already gotten the care. Yeah, yeah they definitely <laughs> treat you and then bankrupt you. And but. then just ruin you the rest, then just doggedly pursue you the rest <laughs> of your life. All right. But um, just, it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting just to stay on this tangent for just a second. Uh, should we ever get something resembling uh, socialized medicine in this country? Like, what are movie plots going to be? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously would be great for a lot of people, but possibly to the detriment of crime, the crime genre, for sure, because of of B minus or lower heist movies are sure going to suffer. And again, also Breaking Bad. Let's not leave Breaking Bad Bad out of this. Like, look, if you need to shorthand that your protagonist is doing crime, but actually doing it for reasons that you know, might be kind of noble in a, in an anti-hero sort of way. What better than medical debt, you know? Yeah. Cause that's debt. That's not in any way, shape or form the fault of the person in that debt. <laughs> yeah. It is fascinating that we recognize that in our movie plots and yet <laughs> there's still people. And yet no ground anywhere else. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. So, All right, so thank you for so let's malign yeah. this movie. Let's. Yeah. Okay. So. We got that set up. So it's a, well, can I just start even before, because I don't even know if this is maligning, but like just on a like sort of muddled point, but I I would like to establish this now. So they, they rob the casino where they work, but the reason that they're robbing it is because there are two people that come in every week who they believe are laundering money. And they want to through the st- casino through the casino and they want to steal those people's money. The logic being that they won't go to the cops. Um, that one turns out to be irrelevant because cops are definitely involved in the movie. But also, I like I just I don't want to harp on this point too much, but I found it very confusing because I literally like watching them describe it. I thought they were going to be like, so we're going to stake out the parking lot. And when they show up with a bag of cash, we're just going to rob them in the parking lot, which would have made a lot of sense to me. But like, 
they say that they're robbing these people, but they really are robbing the casino because that's how you launder money. They've handed the money over to the casino. Like I just, right. Like it feels very muddled their idea to me in a way that I couldn't quite understand it of like, we're robbing these people by robbing the casino. Well, even though those people are laundering money, once they've handed it over to the casino, they don't have it anymore. So you're not robbing them. They're not like the casino's on the hook for money that you steal from the casino. It doesn't, the people like it's just their plan didn't make sense because those people presumably would never even know that their money was stolen because it's not their money anymore. They have chips well, and the chips have cash value. Well, it could have. I think it might have been implied because there's like the one guy that went in and lost everything. And then the other guy the next night won everything. So maybe there's something some chicanery going on. That I, I guess, and maybe the implication is that the casino is in on it and is aware that's, that that's they're how learning. I took it. Yeah, that they were they're they're like taking the money from the first guy that was just betting big, losing all the time, and then so the other guy could just report it as casino winnings and not ill-gotten gains from whatever. I guess I that would be laundered money. I mean, that yeah. is exactly what money laundering is. <laughs> I still maintain rob the guy in the parking lot, but yes, yeah, but yes, you know. It's not as exciting for a heist film. So. But they don't know when he takes his coffee break. So Yeah, the, the integral to the plot is knowing when the one guy... Also, look, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you how to run your casino, but if it's 24 hours, maybe have more than one guy on the clock, uh, you know, near the money at like but 2 in the morning. It kind of seemed like it wasn't 24 hours. That, well, that's true. casino was dead empty. Yeah, because it's where they they're in Alabama. Is that yeah? yeah it's a riverboat yeah. casino in yeah. So maybe Mobile, they do Alabama. So maybe they do shut down. Okay, you know. Uh, so, but still, I would still maybe have some extra security at the end of the night. Well, you would think that, like, no, no, nobody that runs any sort of security ever like leaves the. There's always someone that goes to the post during yeah. the coffee break or there's yeah. two people at the post so like you can go to the bathroom and take coffee breaks exactly yeah even again you know we spent a lot of time saying that the people in this movie are way more competent than the people in catch that kid catch that kid still had two people on security detail watching the vault so all right saying. so the score if i'm keeping it correctly <laughs> is that uh three points for heist one point for catch that kid yeah that, so that so sounds right yeah it could catch up so we we also do we want to I don't know if we want to raise the stakes for our last uh, but we could really mix things up in addition to do pitting catch that kid against heist we could also theoretically uh, pitch edge versus Batista to reignite a classic WWE rivalry to see who was better at heisting. I mean, I think we have to now because uh, that, that is, of course, that Dave Bautista, also known as the pro wrestler, uh, Bautista Hall of Fame wrestling career in WWE. Uh, and I'm going to say it third best, third most successful wrestler turned actor. Ooh. So The Rock is number one, I assume. And Piper is two. And Piper is two and Batista is three. And I'll just say, like, if we're being real, like, I think he has a chance to catch Piper. Like... I do too. I mean, he's definitely his movies have made more money for sure. Yeah, and I look look just to be on the record because I'm sure he's listening as well. I love Dave Batista. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Also, Washington D.C. native. He grew up uh, near where I did. You know, it's very yep. exciting. Hometown boy, uh, and he's great. He's great as Drax. Uh, I've enjoyed him in every performance I've seen him in. 
Yeah, he was good in uh, Spectre. He was good in... I haven't seen Stuber, but I've heard that's pretty funny. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either, but same. Yeah, I've also heard it's good, so... Uh, and he's... And he, I mean, he's... He plays a good, like, tough guy, no-nonsense, little yeah. bit unhinged character in this one, too. Yeah, and I enjoyed him a lot in this, because he, he instantly kind of adds that menace of... You have Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing you know, the, uh, the, <laughs> the criminal with a heart of gold, but then you, you need to balance that with Batista as like the guy that will kill you. Like uh, right. he doesn't care. Like he is not doing this for the right reasons. Right. He's just doing it because he wants the money. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. So we, so we got all that established. Uh, I, I don't want to skip ahead. So if there's other stuff you want to talk about, we can, I, before we move on though, I definitely do want to malign the end of this movie a little bit. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know if we want to work our way there or if we want to just go into it. But um, a lot of inconsistencies in the very, like the very end of the movie. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I've already said that I thought uh, this movie. I I think it could have had a theatrical release. I think it's super watchable. It falls apart a little bit in the end, and it it sort of tries to be. I think it does like one twist too many, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. And it like, just starts to f- crumble under the weight of its many twists at the end. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind that he got the money off the bus in Kate Bosworth's fake pregnancy belly. Yeah. I thought, like, yeah. So that's why I say one too many, because I thought her being fake pregnant and that's how he gets the money out was smart. I mean, I was even down for he pretends to be uh, one of the, um, you know, people that were. Uh, right. One, uh, kid, one of the hostages on hostages. the bus. I couldn't remember the word hostage. Yeah, he pretends to be one of the hostages to sneak out. I was good with all that, but then it he gets caught still by Pope, who is Robert De Niro. And then I, I really tried to understand what happened in that scene, but for some reason, Pope had a... A, a very uncharacteristic change of heart and not only decided yeah. to let him go, but actually killed the guy that was loyal to him. It killed his right hand. Like it, that was something. Yeah. That just didn't, it like didn't I thought work. I missed something. Yeah. I know. That, that was, was like, a huge, yeah. a huge, like it just totally out of character. Like I, I would have loved that movie to have the balls to kill Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I feel like that's what it wanted. I feel like that's what he wanted. I feel like that's the, and maybe there was a version of the script that that's what happened. And somewhere along the line, you know, Hollywood got involved and was like, well, we can't kill him. Cause yeah, like it seemed like they were setting us up for like, he was willing to die because it was going to save his daughter and he didn't care what happened to himself. And yeah, it's a dark ending, but maybe the right ending yeah, because I mean, they get their happy ending because uh, Gina Carano, who plays the cop, who sort of unwilling, unwittingly gets roped into the whole thing by just being on patrol when the bus gets uh, hijacked. Um, you know, she sees uh, Kate Bosworth's character, who's also Robert De Niro's daughter, which they don't delve enough into. Yeah, I was also like, yeah, that was really confusing. And then also because of that, like, it made it all like there was some of the like, yeah, I really did try to understand this movie of like it. it I The idea that like De Niro would simultaneously not give him the loan, but then help him in the end. Like it just 
That it was a leap that didn't make a lot of sense. It wasn't quite fleshed out, but they clearly had a lot of connections, including Kate Bosworth. Like, but it just didn't really entirely make sense. I I feel like I never really understood how he felt about Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like, it was a little ambiguous. Of like, was he bitter that he left? Did he begrudgingly respect him? You know, like what what was there? Was it a father son relationship that they had? Like, it just it never quite gelled for me yeah there was it was it was either too inconsistent or not fleshed out enough and i'm not sure which error it made yeah probably a little of both but um yeah that didn't make a lot of sense uh one thing i think this is more of into the silver linings part but it's also kind of maligning the movie but Man, did that bus driver played to great effect by D.B. Sweeney catch Stockholm Syndrome in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, if we're like nitpicking a little bit, I think that they were they didn't quite like I think they were almost were just counting on the inherent charisma of their lead actor instead of actually putting in the work to show us why the whole bus just decided to back him you know, because like everybody was like, because it wasn't just the bus driver who definitely like was the first one, but like everyone on the bus just kind of like didn't sell him out that he was pretending to be a hostage. Like they clearly were like, this guy's good. Like we got his back, you know, like everybody. Maybe he told them why he was stealing the money and that won them over, but they could have had. I mean, I like that they didn't have that scene a little bit, but that would have, I think, solved a lot of problems. Yeah, because we do see that like. We know enough to know that, like, he, he's intervening to keep Batista from just, like, you know, killing people. Uh, so so they see that stuff, I guess. Um, also, but yeah, like, because it's Gina Carano explains at the end, too, when she's talking, because she's also won over by him very quickly. Uh, right. But also... And he is handsome. I mean, that's... Yeah. Know. No, he's, he's a good looking guy. But uh, yeah, she also tells him that everybody on the bus claimed that there, that there were only two gunmen, not right. three. So like everybody just agreed on that. So here's... This is just something that just occurred to me in talking about it. And I, I almost have to call this a plot hole. Uh, in that it wasn't explained, but so the reason that we think they have to hijack the bus is that their getaway driver bails on them. Right. But if part of the plan was to give the money to Kate Bosworth, like it seemed like the bus was part of the plan the whole time. You know what? Yeah, I didn't think that much about it, but you're right because, and also it doesn't work either because Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like the, the, Driver was loyal to Batista, not to him. He was one of Batista's right. guys. So he doesn't have a reason to double cross the other guys. But uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big plot hole. No, um, it is. Yeah. It's it sort of waved away. And it like, I literally, like I watched this movie a couple of days ago. Didn't really click then, but like just talking about, I was like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And that, I think that gets into the one twist too many. Yeah, you know, that definitely kind of, yeah, falls into that area. Um, Unless he had backup plan on backup plan on backup plan. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, I think the movie, like, kind of outthinks itself a little bit, because we haven't even talked about uh, Mark Paul Gossler as the corrupt And why cop. not? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but because there's sort of that with him of, like, he's instrumental in keeping Gina Carano involved in the case when her boss wants to take her off the case, but that seems to be 
at counter purposes to the fact that he's corrupt and she's an honest cop like right it's just yeah it, there's a little it's a little messy it's a little sweaty the, yeah. the plot um I'm I'm just gonna say it like I love Mark Paul Gosler and I love Saved by the Bell um unapologetically I think that I think they're great uh also that being said if you haven't watched the Zach Morris's trash series of YouTube videos you should because they're amazing <laughs> Um, and so accurate because he's just a garbage person. But um, I always get a little. Sm- I like. It's always a, a a second tier silver lining for me whenever a Saved by the Bell cast member pops up in something decades oh. on. Oh, for sure. And someday maybe we talk about Showgirls, though it might actually be too beloved to to talk. It, it, that's a movie that's like ridden a roller coaster of fan enjoyment because yeah. who did people crap on it when it came out? But it is a cult classic now for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, I've, I love Mark Paul Gossler, too. Uh, I, I took great joy. Now, we did not watch this movie at the same time, but I texted you when I was watching it because when... Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was outside of the bus and a sniper had him lined up in his sights and uh, Mark Paul Gosler told him not to take the shot. I did text you to say that he was just saved by the bell and I was very <laughs> proud of myself. But Yeah, as as you should. Uh, you know, don't pull a muscle patting yourself on the back for that, but... <laughs> Kudos, sir. Kudos. But he was great, uh, for sure. Um, yeah. So, well, I guess are we at this over linings? Did we malign this movie enough? Did we? Are we um, ready to pivot? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think a, a running theme in what we've been maligning movies for all month has been that these there's heist movies have a formula, flat out, no no bones about it. Um, and it can get repetitive, uh, you know, because there's not a lot of new under the sun in the heist movie genre. So a lot of the ways they that these movies get maligned are, you know, the same ways we malign all heist movies. But, uh, yeah, I think we can pivot to what, what we enjoyed about this movie. Yeah. I, you know, now that you said that, the, the only thing that I would say just real quick that I want to sneak in under the wire is that for a movie called Heist and then the fact that we're doing this for a heist month, I almost feel like they could have spent more time with the heist because it really became more of like the speed set you know that part of the movie when like chase yeah it could have they could have spent more time planning and executing the heist they do actually kind of blow through that part kind of fast yeah because there's there's the scene from our opening clip where they sort of plan it out at the diner um and that made me like kind of jones for greasy spoon diner food oh yeah throw that out there yeah like that's I have not been to a Greasy Spoon Diner in months and months. Um, but I was like, oh, just like, it's like really greasy French toast. That might, that might do the trick right now. That sounds really good. Now that you're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to stop recording and just order some French toast? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just, Bob Evans is still open, right? I can get some <laughs> French toast. <laughs> Throw on our masks. Like, <laughs> like sanitize um, everything. Yeah but worth it no uh but yeah i think i think that the heist should have been the bigger part yes um and they could have there was a lot of just kind of dead space and wasted motion in the bus chase part there's some cool stuff like the swat team getting on the roof and trying to invade and batista taking them out like that was cool um but yeah this this movie was like pretty much an hour and a half like (laughs) like kind of on the nose and i think maybe take 20 minutes out of the bus part and give that to the heist part i think would have gone because yeah i think both the bus part of the movie starts to get a little stale and also 
it, it robs the heist of a little bit of weight for like how quickly they finish with it. Yeah, if you made the heist a little bit more of a heist and a little bit less of a smash and grab. Yeah. Maybe that's the move. I don't know. But either way, um, yeah, I think the silver line, I mean, we kind of touched on a few of them, but this it's I had fun watching this. Like I dug it. The cast, the cast is, I think, with the biggest silver lining. I mean, they it's got a lot of really charismatic people that are really fun to be on screen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just just fun. I would agree with that. And like, look, I <laughs> we haven't talked about Robert De Niro. I'll Robert De Niro is one of the greatest actors of his generation who has spent a lot of the recent years sort of not giving great performances, if we're being honest with ourselves, or at least being in movies that are not that good. But I, I will say that he was good in this, like his performance wise, like I enjoyed him. Yeah, quite I a thought bit he did too. a good job. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked the vaping thing. For yeah. Him. The e-cigs. That was, yeah. uh, yeah, that was a nice touch. Uh, but no, the cast is great. Yeah. And I think we've already kind of spotlighted this, but yeah, loved seeing Mark Paul Gosler, loved Dave Batista. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a charming SOB. Uh, Gina Carano, we're working on that script. So, you know, have we'll, your agent we'll get in touch later, with us. Gina. Yeah. Uh, Morris Chestnut as the, um, the henchman for Robert De Niro. I like Morris Chestnut. I think he's a good actor. He was really good um, in this too. Good, like formidable villain. Like you bought him as a threat, not because he was like physically imposing, but because he was just ruthless. Yes. Yeah. And that was really good. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. And also there was something like either in just in the way he played it or implied that like, even though the movie didn't really explore it, it felt like he and Jeffrey Dean Morgan seemed like equals. Like they, they literally both had had the same job, but like he, he seemed to be like, you got the impression that this really was like, they were equally matched when squaring off against each other. Yeah. That in a lot of ways, Morris Chestnut was the new Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Cause it's established that uh, Morgan did some prison time, his character. And that's why he had had to sort of start over with the Pope. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so so all the performances were good. Um the the clip that we played at the beginning, I mean since this is like a heist month, I definitely think that uh they did a good job laying out the heist. I thought setting their planning in the greasy spoon diner was an interesting way to go with it and then also afforded it some like solid comedy out of just people arguing over what he was using the the waitress shows up at one point and tries to take some of the stuff away and they're like whoa you know like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh so so i thought they got some good stuff there um yeah i enjoyed that um yeah what else we got uh, one really great mark paul gosler moment um at one point he gets on the bus to try to negotiate and uh batista's best bud was shot and is essentially bleeding out and dying and they bring him an IV and they bring him stuff. Uh, and the only person on the bus that had any medical training was a veterinary student, I believe. Yeah. Classic speed, you know, hostage situation trope. Well, let's um, be honest. Doctors don't take the bus. They, they're they taking those bags full of cash for their medical work. So they right, don't need exactly. to take the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, uh, Mark Paul Gosler, Zach Morris's character, Mark Paul Gosler's character, uh, gives the vet a syringe of what he says is pain meds, and it's just poison and kills the guy instantly. Oh no, it's a good move. Way, and, and the way Mark Gosler plays it, he's like, "Huh, 
weird. I guess you killed him. Yeah. Well, and it's also that's when the reveal happens that we learn that he's actually because up until that point, it's played that he's a cop that's hunting. And you see, like he plays it. They play it super charming. He's really likable. He gets Gina Carano reinstated on the case. He's like he's the guy cutting through the red tape who, you know, seems to be really cool and really likable. And then this is the reveal that, no, he's actually a monster. And it's very well done. Yeah, it's um, that was a really good twist. Yeah. Um, this movie had too many twists and it was a, a, its batting average was maybe 50 50 with them. Yeah. Uh, working and not working. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I like Batista playing very understated. Yeah. Uh, I thought like. He, you felt like he knew who who he was playing. Like you felt like he knew, like he knew this character. Um, he was essentially a bouncer at a at a casino, and Batista, like many professional wrestlers, worked as a bouncer before they went into the <laughs> WWE. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, like the character was sort of one dimensional, but he made him interesting in his being one dimensional. Like he's the guy that's bad that enjoys crime, you know? Right. But like, yeah, he- it worked, you know. Uh, DB Sweeney as the bus driver was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another great twist is when you uh, you think that uh, the bus driver is about to get murdered, and you see this big like flash of blood, and it turns out that Jeffrey Dean Morgan killed Batista because he was he had crossed one line too many. Yeah. Good twist. Um, oh, by the way, spoilers. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast, you know that we're going to spoil the movie during it. So, yeah, I, I would even say that, you, like, quite frankly, that uh, to, to me, it was it felt very telegraphed that Jeffrey Dean Morgan had snuck off um, the bus with the hostages just in the way like and this is me. I You know, I've seen way too many movies and it's just like anytime they're kind of shooting that. And again, if you want to talk heist, like this is very similar to like Ocean's Eleven when like when you're only getting shots of the exterior of a vehicle and they're, they're purposefully not showing you the interior and like there's a bunch of vehicles chasing it. And it seems like the vehicles have uh, them cornered and there's no way to get out. Then you're like, well, he's not on the bus. Like, but I I say that to say that like it felt telegraphed, but it also still felt satisfying. Like it, like the reveal of that felt good. I thought. And, and I did like that. um, It showed just how good, uh, Morris Chestnut and De Niro's characters were, they were still a step ahead. Like they still knew that was going to, they still like caught him basically and had the sort of final showdown, which was problematic as we've already talked about. Well, and that's, yes. I mean, since you did bring that up, I know this is in the silver lining part, but I I think that that was the, they had two options. If you want to give a happy ending, I think he needs to slip off the bus and just get away. And if you want to, have them catch him i think he has to die i don't think you can yeah. do, like i think they wanted both of those they wanted to both have the clever moment of him escaping but then also have it not work but then still have him get away and that's where i think the one twist too many happened yeah no i think i think i think you're dead on with that that um because i think you even could have been teed up if you wanted him to just escape cleanly 
have him escape cleanly to the hospital to meet up with Kate Bosworth and then has a moment where Gina Carano's there, but she just decides like, Hey, you know, I, I talked to the other, you know, I talked to all the hostages. They said there were only two gunmen, not three. And just like, lets him go. I think you could have done that or you could have done, he gets killed, which I mean, if I'm being honest, is kind of the ending that I want, but I realize that's a much darker choice, but like, yeah, if he ends up on that bus with De Niro, he should have died or he could have escaped without ever. Yeah. yeah. And and what I think happened is that the writer had this really great idea for the the Kate Bosworth fake. Yeah. Um and you can't like if he gets away there's no reason that he shouldn't have the money with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no that's well and yeah, yeah, it wouldn't and, and you're so, right. Like, I think he yeah. wanted to do the Kate Bosworth thing and then I'm going to guess that this was like some sort of like higher level producer saying Nah, man, it's got to be a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, I would buy that. Um, but I not, but I think you're absolutely right that it, he he should have gotten away or, um, gotten the money to save his daughter's life, but then at the expense of his own life. I think those is that's the way you play that. Or you really lead into the bus driver Stockholm syndrome thing, and he just shows back up with a gun and pulls it on De Niro <laughs> and saves him. <laughs> Get off my bus. You didn't pay the fare. And then he just shoots De Niro. Where are your five quarters? <laughs> yeah, I think that would have been it. Yeah. And, you know, D.B. Sweeney. Always good to see him pop up in things. But yeah, I, so yeah. I, I think we did it. I, like, I think again, we did do it. It's, this movie is on Netflix. It's super watchable. Uh, we spoiled it. So if you hadn't seen it, sorry. But it's still fun if you want yeah, this I mean, kind of movie. Yeah, there's still a lot of fun moments. And it's... Yeah, it's it's a it's a solid paint by numbers heist movie, and I feel like there's always a place for a solid paint by numbers heist movie. Oh yeah, no for sure. Uh so so yeah, we did it with a, that's gonna wrap up heist month. Um, I I think you can probably guess what's coming in December <laughs> thematically. Uh you know pornography. Yeah, everybody loves to end the year with pornography. So yep, that's a, so we're gonna we're gonna watch some maligned pornography and find the silver lining. But Andy, we're going to have to find some bad pornography. Oh, God. Well, you know what? I'm willing to do the work if you are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But just remember, uh, teens are bad at planning Martian sci-fi. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all thanks hobo radio hobo radio a weekly podcast on the peak sloth podcast network